Hey, this is Randy Robinson, and I'm the pastor of Everyday Church. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this podcast encourages you, stretches your faith, and helps lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus. Let's do it. As uh, most of you know, our theme for this year is Breakthrough. And uh, we, when we started this journey, I didn't know that so many people were going to need breakthrough. Uh, we began teaching about this, and it feels like, and some of you will relate to this, it feels like all hell broke loose. People's businesses have been attacked. People have been taken to court. People have had their character defamed. Multiple folks were diagnosed with cancer of some kind. People have gotten abnormally sick, not just cold flu type sicknesses, but things that you don't think about, never heard of, and don't even understand. Parents have had issues with their kids like never before. Brent nearly losing his ability to walk because of a freak accident, not to mention, as we've already referenced, um, the passing of our dear friend and brother, Rich Longo. Breakthrough can be fun to talk about, but to live it out is often quite the opposite. In, by its very nature, it's painful because breakthrough requires brokenness. By definition, if nothing is broken, there could be no breakthrough. And I said weeks ago in the middle of the series that God wants us to break through even more than we want to break through ourselves. And so if you're in the middle of the battle, let me encourage you. God is for you, not against you. He's fighting on your behalf. Jesus promised that he would never leave us. And even though there are moments when we feel like we're completely alone, he's still there. I feel like an Italian today. What am I doing this so much for? <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. <laughs> no matter what it looks like, I'm still doing it. I don't know. <laughs> you guys are like, you do that every Sunday. You just now realized it after five years, you realize you're just like, <laughs> put my hand in my pocket. <laughs> No matter what it looks like now, we already have won. Christ won the battle. We are overcomers. Today, today we begin a new series called Deep Change. And uh, it's really a continuation of the Breakthrough series. I just couldn't bring myself to get up here and say, hey, today's week 38 of Breakthroughs. Uh, and let me say on the front end, this is not something I have completely figured out. The topic of deep change is something that I'm walking through personally. And I would hope that all of you are also pursuing a life of deep change. Because the moment that we think that there's nothing left in our lives that needs to be changed is the moment we cross over into a dangerous arrogance. And scripture is clear that God opposes the arrogant or the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And I don't know about you, but I need a lot of grace. A few weeks ago, the title of the message was Walk It Out. Now, that message was really a segue message. It was our transition from talking about breakthrough to walking out breakthrough. Because once we experience the breakthrough and the hard parts of our lives have been broken up, God can then reach down into the deep places of our heart and begin to work. I mean, our mission as a church is to lead everyday people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And my desire is that we are all consistently growing in our faith. I don't want to be fighting the same battles 
over and over and over again. We often live frustrated lives as we face the same struggles year after year after year. Some of us in the room are 30 or 40 years into our walk with Christ. But instead of being a mature Christ follower, instead of being 30 years old in the faith, we're actually just a one year old 30 different times. And I feel like God is saying to us, it's time for some deep change. For years, people have worshipped God. We've listened to thousands of sermons. We've attended small groups and served in church faithfully. We've been to gatherings and retreats, conferences, conventions, cohorts and camps. Right? We've been to meetings and symposiums and seminars. And yet some of us still remain miserable. Why? Why hasn't a lifetime of spirituality in the church surrounded by the truth of Jesus Christ transformed deeply our inner lives, marriages and families? Where is the rich, abundant fruit of a life well lived in God? Why are so many of us living with the deep parts of our lives apparently untouched by the power of Jesus? I believe that this series has the potential to be deeply changing. No pun intended. And while it's a lot more fun to preach about things that gets everyone all fired up, I think this content as we move forward is necessary in order for us to grow up in our faith. It's a lot more enjoyable to preach about something that everyone believes in and agrees with. And you know when that's happening because everybody gets real jacked. Right? We were all clapping a minute ago and celebrating. And 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 I don't want you to not do that. That's a lot more fun. And there's certainly a place for inspiration and motivation. But in this season, I'm interested in transformation. You guys are clapping. You're not going to like the next one. (laughs) I'm interested in a quiet room (laughs) while we listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit to reveal areas of our lives that he wants to heal and bring deep change to. What areas of your life do you need deep change? Do I need deep change? I'm sure we've all experienced and are experiencing breakthrough. But what do I do after I receive the breakthrough? How do I maintain breakthrough? How do I keep from going back to the place I was in before I experienced breakthrough? How do I move to a place of maturity in my walk with Jesus that doesn't have me repeating the same sin, the same habits, and the same bad behaviors? To carry the weight of a skyscraper, builders use anchors called piles. Piles are concrete or steel columns that are drilled or hammered into the ground until they penetrate solid rock. And so for buildings that reach 75 to 100 stories, the piles must go deep into the ground, often as deep as 280 feet. The heavy weight of the skyscraper is then distributed throughout each of the piles. If the foundation piles are drilled and driven poorly, then cracks will appear in the structure. Entire buildings may even lean. And when this happens, they must either be torn down or lifted completely so that the piles can be reset. Now, a lot of us have some cracks in our structure. I'm not not talking about dry and ashy skin. (laughs) We have cracks in our structure because our foundation was poorly laid. No one took the time to drill down deep enough to hit the rock. There was little investment placed into the pile 
process. We are often so concerned with getting our spiritual building off the ground that we've neglected to consider whether there was a sufficient foundation. And Jesus has a few things to say about this. In Matthew chapter 7, very popular passage of Scripture, beginning in verse 24, it says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. I mean, this is the classic children's church lesson, right? Those that grew up in, in church, you could probably, you, well, you probably haven't even given this, thought, this passage much thought even since you were a kid, but you could probably sing the song right now. No, nobody knows the song. The wise man built his. How many no idea what I'm talking about? The rest of you should be singing. <laughs> the wise man built his house on the rock and the rains came tumbling down. In its simplest form, this passage is saying to us, you want your house to stand when the storm comes? Put into practice the teachings of Jesus. It's not enough to know the word. It's not enough to study the Word. It's not enough to memorize the Word. It's not enough to read the Word. And all of those things are very important. But Jesus says, if you want your house to stand when the storm comes, put my words into practice. Look, and I understand this isn't very deep. But how many of you know sometimes it's the simple things that are the most difficult? How many times have we said we don't need more information? We need to do more with the information we already have. Let's read the words of James, the half-brother of Jesus, as he echoes this sentiment. James chapter 1, verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. I mean, you can't make it any clearer. Listening isn't enough. We deceive ourselves when we think that all we have to do is listen to the word. All I have to do is go to church once a week or however often you come, my life will be better. All I have to do is listen to my favorite preacher a few times a week. All I have to do is make sure that Joy FM or Mav City is going on in my car. That's not how Christianity works. Do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone, he says, listen, who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. This would probably be more accurate if it said her, if she looks at herself in the mirror and forgets. I know, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. Look, there are days I don't even look in the mirror. Some of you are like, yeah, I could tell. <laughs> I don't have hair to comb. Most days I just brush my teeth, put on some Crocs, and hope I don't have Oreo crumbs stuck in my teeth. Sorry, I actually have written in my notes bad jokes. So just so you know, <laughs> just so you know, I knew going in that wasn't going to fly. Uh, but I did it anyway. And he says, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed 
in what they do. Jesus and his brother James are both telling us you can't just listen to the word. You must put it into practice. Let's look at how Luke recounts this moment from the life of Jesus. Luke chapter 6. And I love how he starts this off. Verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Every parent in the room with a child under the age of... Every parent in the room (laughs) (laughs) understands this question. Why don't you listen? I think this question is as relevant today as it was 2,000 plus years ago. Why do you call me Lord and not do what I say? The word Lord here is literally referring to supremacy. The owner or person who has complete control. Why do you say you are supreme above all else? I give you my life. I give you complete control. Why do we call ourselves Christians or Christ-like or like Christ and act nothing like him? Why do we call him Lord and not do what he says? He continues. As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They're like a man building a house. Watch these words. Who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. And when a flood came, the torrent struck the house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. And the moment moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Again, look at the language, verse 48. The man who dug down deep and laid the foundation on the rock. Our lives are incapable of sustaining the houses that we're trying to build because our foundations are too shallow. We have plenty of information. We know more and have access to more information than any generation in history. And as a result, we're a mile wide and an inch deep. And when the storms come, we can't sustain it. Remember the piles of the skyscrapers. It's costly and it's time consuming. But going deep is the only way to go higher. Some of us, again, have cracks in our structure. Some of our structures are leaning. Some of our structures are literally about to fall down. And in order to correct course, we will have to dig deep. In some cases, we're going to have to tear it down and start all over. In other cases, we're going to have to at least lift the structure and get underneath to begin to reset the piles, to reset the foundation. And it's one of those things like you just, nobody wants to do that. There are things that we launched in, in church, you know, just as an example. And we launched them thinking we, We're doing what we were supposed to do. But the structure underneath it wasn't what it needed to be. 
And so there have been moments you're just like, what, what, what are we going to do? Just continue doing like it is? Like the, the house is already, the boat's already going, the house is up. And there, there's been dialogue between Katie and I and some of the staff are like, you know what, we're going to have to kill this for a season because it's, the structure's not there to sustain it long term. And that's, that's a painful thing where you're like, I don't, I don't, I don't want, now I'm going to have to start all over. But we do that all the time with our lives. There are things that we're just going to have to say, look, if I know this is going to be painful. I know it's going to be hard. We talked about this a little bit during our brokenness message a few weeks ago, right? I mean, you've all heard the stories or maybe you've experienced it where you broke something, you didn't let it, you know, you didn't go to the doctor, it healed incorrectly, and then what? Either have a crooked finger or go get it. Go get it fixed so it's straight. Some of you use your finger a lot. Like you need, <laughs> you need straight fingers. I thought that was good. She said that was a bad joke, but I thought that one was actually pretty good. <clears throat> the rock in these passages is a representation of God's way of doing things. And the sand is a representation of my way of doing things. Right? So Jesus is telling us the secret to success. If you will just do it my way, your house will stand when the storm comes. But we don't like to be told what to do. We'd rather do it our way than admit that we don't know how. Again, every parent in the room with the child under the age, every parent in the room can relate to this. How many times have you had that conversation with your kids? Said kid comes to you crying, often hysterically, and you say, that's why I told you not to do that. You don't listen. A few years ago, there was this incredible viral video that I thought would lighten the mood a little. And so we're going to take a watch at uh, Linda. Listen. Listen to me. Listen to me. Like, like I do this all the time. And if I go out at the, at the house with the little girl, Matthew has his toys. And then Matthew has all his toys. Okay. But I have to yell at you guys. Okay, Linda. Linda, listen, listen, listen. Listen, listen, Linda. Listen. Okay, what? Like everything they do at this house, they can't trust everything at Grandma's house. Okay. Okay, then what? Then you're not listening to me. Then you're not listening to me. I asked you not to do something. No, but listen to me. Look at If we do something, if you get that out, that bird thing off, they're going to break it. Okay. But I'm asking, I'm letting you know but that you Linda, cannot, no, Linda, no Linda, I'm, lick it, lick it. you're not listening to me. Linda, listen to me now. Listen to me now. No, you're not listening. I said no cupcakes and you try to get cupcakes and you try to ask grandma. Linda, Didn't you? Linda, lick it, lick it, lick it. If we do something without this, if we get closer, you can't even get them, you can burn your butt. What's going to burn your butt? You and Kevin don't listen. So I have to give both of you guys pop pals in your butt. But Linda, but Grandpa's going to give me pop pals in the butt. No, he's not. Yeah. I have to, you want, you don't want me to hit Kevin or you don't want him to spank you? No. Why? Because anybody wants to spank me. Then I have to spank Kevin. But he's my little pop pals. 
He's your little pop ups, but he doesn't listen. But Lumba, honey, honey, look at look at this. Right now we can't do anything if we can't get everything out of the wall. And we're gonna break everything down. I'm not breaking anything down. I'm just letting you know Lumba, you cannot it, have it, cupcakes it, for it, dinner. Lumba, Lumba, like this thing, I never belong to you. Anything you can't get anything and anything and anything. I'm done arguing with you. I'm done arguing with you. You need to listen to the things that I say because I'm the mom and I'm the no, adult. No, look it. Listen to me. <sighs> Come on. Isn't that just like our walk with God? God, look it. Look it. Look it. Listen. You're not listening to me. Fine. Let your house crash. I already told you. God, if it be you, I already told you my will. God, what do you want me to do about this? I already told you. We'll just keep asking, hoping he changes his mind. He was like, look, at grandma's house, we can touch everything. God is saying, do it my way. And we're saying, listen, you're not listening to me. And we continue to check off our religious boxes. I go to church sometimes. I'm given the offering occasionally. I serve at some events. I send thoughts and prayers on Facebook. I even gave a homeless guy some money the other day at the red light. I have my Joy FM sticker. But inside, there's little to no change. And there's certainly not any deep change. When difficulties arise, I get anxious easily. When I feel rejected, I spiral into depression. When my spouse doesn't do what I want, I try to control them with anger and manipulation. When the stress is too high, I reach for whatever coping mechanism that's close by. It's just a couple of beers. It's just a couple of videos. It's just a couple of websites. I put on my happy mask and I go to church and I lift my hands and I sing the songs. But if we're authentic with ourselves, we'd have to admit that there's often really no real freedom in our lives. I'm going to begin to wrap this up. I think the words that Jesus spoke to the religious leaders of his day still applies to us. In Mark chapter 7, and we've looked at this passage many times. In Mark chapter 7, verse 6, he replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. And he continued, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. And then drop down to verse 13 of Mark chapter 6. And he says, thus, because you do all of that, you nullify or you make void the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. And you do many things like that. 
Jesus says, build your house on the rock. Put the piles down. You got to get down below the surface. The higher that you're going to go, the deeper your foundation and your piles will have to be. If we're going to experience deep change, there's going to be some stuff that we got to uproot and replant. There's some things that we need to unlearn and then relearn. The foundational piles are going to have to be reset. We're going to have to dig deep. If we want to be free, we got to go deep. If we want to be healed, we got to go deep. And as we progress in this series, we're going to get into some more specifics and practical things. But I can tell you this is that deep change is not easy. Some of us in the room, all of us really, are going to have to face our past. And it's probably going to be very ugly. And it will likely be very painful. It's like the rebreaking of that bone after it's healed incorrectly. For a lot of us, our foundational framework is so wounded and so broken, it's just not capable of sustaining the structure in our lives. And every time the wind blows, we wonder if our house will even continue to stand. God is inviting us to deep change. Let me give you some homework. Put this in your phone, take some notes, I don't know. And I think this will probably be the easiest of the weeks. I want you to spend some time this week in solitude. Find a moment, whether it's daily, a few times a week. I don't know, like the frequency, I'm not going to tell you that. But I need you, this is what I'm asking you to do. Find some moments where you can spend time with God alone, just you and Him in solitude. And I don't know how much prayer time that you spend with God usually. I'm not asking you to increase the prayer time. I'm asking you to possibly change it because most of us, when we go to God in prayer, we have our list, we have the things, all the people we promise to pray for, whatever, we write it down and we're calling it off and we go through the list and then we're done. God bless this, God bless that. Please heal this person, please be with that person, please do whatever, yada, yada, da, da, da. Peace out, see you next time. Like, and look, and there's, and I, don't, I shouldn't have, you know, it sounded like I was d diminishing the value of that. Because there's a moment for intercessory prayer where we're praying for others. Like, I, and I don't, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have, I didn't want to sound like I was devaluing that. That's not what I mean. But there are moments in our solitude with the Lord where we have to flip that. He wants to speak to us. And we're just like this little boy. Listen, 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 listen. And he's going, I'm trying to tell you something. Hey! That's what I have to do with the boys sometimes. They're just so loud, right? You've got a four and five-year-old, and it's just, if we just let them go, it would look like a jungle. You come in, and they're jumping on the couch. They're not, they know, they know they're not supposed to be on the couch doing that. Jumping on the, can I do a flip? What are you talking about, flip? You just, this chaos. And I'm like, hey! And then they jump to attention just for a second. And then they look at me, they have to they're gonna try to determine, is he joking, or am I about to get a pow-pow? <laughs> but I think that's what it's like in our prayer time sometimes. God's going, hey, I'm trying to talk to you. Can you just stop for just a second? So 
Solitude. Find some moments of solitude. In your car, your bathroom. Like I don't know where it might be for you. But wherever you can get away. Moments of solitude. And I want you to genuinely ask the Holy Spirit to begin to reveal the areas that you need deep change. Where are the areas that you're always triggered? When this thing happens, I always do this. Those triggers are, are those, are, those are areas that we can find. We can say, okay, this is probably a spot I need some deep change. Because every time X happens, I respond this way. And, and if my response is contrary to God's word, then I know that that's an area that needs to be changed. So solitude and a simple prayer to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal areas that need to be changed. And then I want you to ask for the courage to face it. Because in a lot of cases, it will be difficult. So that's your homework for the week. Solitude, ask the Holy Spirit what it is, and then ask for courage. And I don't exactly know where the, the series is, is headed in its entirety. But I know that God wants to do some deep work inside of us. I mean, I've shared so many times my frustration, especially in the charismatic Pentecostal church. We're so interested in the experience, the goosebumps and the feelings and the having church. But we had church this morning. I, I cannot even, I don't have the vocabulary to tell you how sick of that I am. I want us to be a church where people are growing in their relationship with Jesus. And it's going to take work. I, got, I, I have work to do. I feel like I'm getting better. Those that have been here for five years know there's not as many stories of like, I, you know what I mean? Like if you've been here, you know, you've heard them. Lewis always reminds me about the time I threw my frying pan out the front door. I don't do that anymore. I don't, not to say I wouldn't, but I, I just have better cookware. We have work to do. We have work to do. Insecurities and wounds. And we're going to get into some of this as we move forward. And, and maybe there'll be moments of this series that feels like a therapy session. I'm not a therapist. I need therapy more than I could give therapy. But there are things that we've got to dig in and say, this is no good. No bueno. This got to go. I think, and then we have the choice, right? You either got to face it. All right. I know my finger's crooked. I need to break it and, and reset it. Or just... Or you just live the way you are. Just, it is what it is. I'm either going to face it and change and do the hard work or I'm going to be what I am. And I don't, I don't want that. I want to be better. And I want you to be better. Because you're not just doing this for you. You're doing it for all of those kids that are on the other side of that wall. Your kids need to see you be better.
Can we pray? You're like, yeah, please. <laughs> God, can we start? God, let, let us start this week off by saying, please reveal it to us. The areas in my life, God, that I need change, those places that I'm easily and always triggered. God, would you begin to reveal those to me? God, I pray that in this moment, God, under this anointing, God, you're bringing things to people's hearts and minds that they need to repent of and that they need to dig up and they need to change. God, you're bringing it to people's minds right now all over the room. God, and again, I ask you for courage, the courage to face the things, God, that maybe we buried deep for years. God, things that are wounds, maybe even from childhood, God, that we've carried for 20, 30, 40 years, whatever the age is. God, I pray that as we progress through this series, God, the, the breakthrough, God, that you will break through that outer shell and, we'll, and you'll be able, we will allow you to reach down into the deep places of our soul, the deep places of our heart and bring correction and reset the piles and reset the foundation. God, I pray that you would do that in our lives. Please, God. I'm tired of church as is. I'm tired of no deep, lasting freedom. I'm tired of committing the same sins and the same bad habits and the same behavior. God, I'm tired of that, and I know that the people sitting here are also tired of it. God, thank you for freedom that's coming in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, God. On behalf of Pastor Randy and the entire staff at Everyday Church, We'd like to thank you for joining us today. For more information on the church, please visit us at everydaychurch.xyz.